We need to kind of discuss the elephant in the room. That's true. And if you see it written on a piece of paper and you don't know you, you're probably going to pronounce or try to pronounce it probably incorrectly. Oh, 95% <laughs> of the time. Hi everyone, I'm Chriselle Fulmer. And I'm Natalia Bonner, and welcome back to episode two of the Unalike podcast. Sweet. That is the word that Ty Burningham said over and over and over last month when he received a gift from all of the neighborhood boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, KSL Affiliate TV in Salt Lake City did a story about this group of teens who had just graduated. And it, we've talked a lot about... Um, well, we haven't talked a lot, but not you and I, but we have talked a lot about how graduation was really different this year for graduates. It and really was. we did lots of things like people who were older posted their senior photos kind of as a tribute to the seniors who were having graduations in a different manner. And then we all talked about graduation and how graduation looks so different. And mm -hmm. where I live, they ended up doing it in the high school parking lot. They put a stage up. Mm -hmm. Everybody came and parked in their cars that's awesome. And I I didn't go, but um, I think the cars, I guess your cars could be close, but when it was your graduate's turn, they would walk up across the stage and, and it was outdoors and everyone on stage was six feet apart, but um, they all honk their horns. Oh, that's instead cool. Instead of clapping. So yeah, really cool. Down here or where I live here in the desert, we didn't have that, but I know a lot of the schools kind of did like walk through graduation I think is what they called it where just one student at a time would walk through and they broadcast it over YouTube or something so I think that was a common thing down here mm -hmm. but but anyways what yeah. happened up there yeah so uh in in the city of Kaysville which is in northern Utah um the NBC affiliate there which is KSL did a story about a young man who's named Ty Burningham and Ty was turning 25 years old uh, actually, I think right back around the 4th of July. So ahead of time, all of the graduating seniors in the neighborhood, they said more than a dozen of them <laughs> decided that they wanted to pull their money together and buy Ty, the neighborhood boy. So he's not a boy, he's a man, but he has some special needs and everyone knows him. They said he, kind of his trademark is his scooter. So everywhere he goes, he rides a scooter around the neighborhood. They talk about how he takes his scooter to the grocery store <laughs> and... Uh, so these kids, these 18-year-olds, decided they wanted to pool their money together. They noticed that Ty's scooter was starting to look a little beat up, mm -hmm. and they wanted to buy him a new one. That's awesome. Well, it gets better because <laughs> they had more money than they expected. They bought him an electric scooter. Oh, cool. So he's not having to use so much footwork, so much of his own energy to get around town. He now has an electric scooter. So so in this video that the, the news affiliate put together, um, all of these boys are gathered around. They're actually, one of the boys is holding his hands up over Ty's eyes and walk him out to the street, and then they pull his hands back. And I think Ty probably doesn't say a lot, but they said he just kept saying, sweet, <laughs> over and over and over. That's awesome. I love that a lot of people coming together can really create a big impact and change someone's life. It's awesome. It, I think it was a great tribute to someone who lives in the neighborhood and somebody who had a need. And the kids were able to look beyond themselves mm -hmm. and um, 
they on that day became an example of being the good. Yeah. They so. were the good you wish to see in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, episode two. Here we are. We're and back. We ha- we've had such a positive response from all of you over the past week, and we are just grateful. Um, yes. I, I have a favorite phrase, and and it is obsessively grateful. The story behind it is that when you were going through a trial, there's a reason why that trial is happening, and you may not see it at the time, but we, we've all been there. We've all been able to get down the road and then look back and go, that is why that happened. Well, yeah. the point of being obsessively grateful is being obsessively grateful for our trials. Being able to, when you're in the thick of the ugliest thing going on in your life right now, being able to still find the good. And not just to say that you're grateful, but that you are obsessively grateful for that trial. And and this is not a trial right now, but I just have to say that we are beyond grateful to each of you for the support that you have given us as we um, rolled out this podcast. And the, the, the feedback that we've had has been amazing. So thank you. We are so excited that you're here and we're grateful that you're back and joining us again for week two. Yep. Welcome back. <laughs> What's the good news? Well, let's see. Um, it's hot. Has been hot. We're into the the the, the peak of summer right now. Um, it's way too hot to go outside and do yard work in the <laughs> middle of the day. It's it. It's, we're at the point of the summer, right, where you get up and you either go out super early and you do mm-hmm. yard work for in the morning hours, um, and we go back out in the evening. But anyway, we have found some comfort by working in our garage because. It is it's shaded. cooler. Probably. We don't have air conditioning. We're, we're not fancy, but but it's shaded. And so we've been working in our garage. And I just have to give a huge shout out to my husband, Dustin, who um, just has done a complete makeover on our garage and um, has helped me to go through everything out there and organize it and find a place for it and find a spot for it. We are... Um, Anyway, just doing a major makeover, and it makes us so happy. Don't you agree that when you go through a room, kind of like when you give your pantry a makeover, maybe a closet? Oh yeah, it makes you feel a you little. You feel lighter. like a new person. Yeah, <laughs> like if you're. I recently cleaned out my pantry, and the same. Like mm-hmm. you just feel better about life. It makes you, you feel happy when you clean up. And I showed everybody my pantry for days because I was. Similar, Imagine, you know, your garage, you're proud of it. Think about those people who are OCD and have immaculate houses. Imagine how happy they must be all the time. If I feel this happy just from going through the garage, <laughs> imagine what they must feel like. I can't even. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not one of them. We'll just be upfront about that. All right. So I have a good story to tell you. And this is a personal experience. And I don't know that you've ever heard this story. So I'm going to share it here today. Because this is probably one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me in my life. Okay. Okay. So. Can't wait. We had been on a family vacation, my husband and I and our two kids. And we're coming home from this vacation. And a lot of things were going on, you know. There was actually some earthquakes and different things like that that happened like the day before we were supposed to fly home. So I got up that morning and checked our flights and I looked and I knew that our final flight was going to be canceled. I just knew it. And at this point, it's like 3 a.m. and I'm saying to Brad, you know what? We're just going to the airport and we're just going to pretend as if we're making it home safe and sound and we're not going to portray our anxieties about what we're expecting to happen this day 
onto our children because I know that if I do that, it's going to be a nightmare for all of us. If they know that I have anxiety about what's going to happen. So we make it through flight number one. It's like a four, four and a half hour flight and get to our destination. And as soon as we get off the airplane, of course, if you've flown, you know this happens. You start getting all these text messages and messages because your phone's been off for four and a half hours or whatever while you've been flying. So I get off and I start checking all these messages and your flight's canceled, your flight's delayed, your flight's canceled, your flight's rescheduled, your flight's delayed. I had about 12 of these. So I can handle airports and I feel pretty confident, you know, going and talking to the travel aid or, you know, the, everybody in the airport and getting a little assistance. So I walked right up to the counter, the first person to walk up there and they said, if you want us to be honest, you're probably not going to make a flight today. Oh. And we, driving-wise, were probably about six hours away from our home. So we took a step back and thought, you know what, let's just take a deep breath and figure out what we're going to do. Let's go eat some food, and we'll just come back here and decide, are we going to try to rent a car and drive home or whatever? So we go eat some dinner, and we came back, and right as I walk up to the counter, I hear a man at the counter. So there wasn't a lot of people in the airport at this time, and he's like, well, is there a flight into this town? And it's the town where I live. And I'm just joking. And I'm completely not like a person that regularly goes up to strangers and talks to them. I'm very, very quiet and shy mm -hmm. if you don't know me in public. Mm -hmm. It might come off as something else, but it's just that I'm very quiet in public. Yeah. So I see this man and hear this. And I said, hey, there's no flights there. I already checked. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looks at me and he's like, I guess we're driving. And I turn around to my two kids and my husband and I say, we're driving. So this man, this stranger that we met in an airport, walked over and said, well, here's my wife and my daughter. Let's drive. So we walked. <laughs> You're shocked that Separate. I would do this. Separate. <laughs> so we walked down and got all of our bags from baggage claim. It was very smooth. Everyone in the airport was really like helpful and helped us get our bags. And it was just a really uncomfortable situation, but everyone was so helpful. And then the man said to Brad, why do we need two cars? Let's just get a big one. So oh. they walked out together and rented a big car oh. and we drove home. It was the, in the best same car in the same car together. He drove, we all just piled in together and we drove home and we made it in record time following the speed limit. And <laughs> it was awesome. And I just have to like, it was the po most positive thing that was so out of my control. Mm -hmm. It was so not me, it was mm -hmm. so unpredicted. And that man and his family totally changed our lives because they were kind that day. So, wow, just something. Wow. So you made it home. And maybe even playing off the story you told last week, I finally for once was willing to accept some help because I'm not the type of person that would usually get in a car with, mm -hmm. you know, someone that really was a stranger. <laughs> um, we knew that we met, made some connections beforehand, so it was safe. We were all okay. Yeah. Or, I mean, at, not beforehand, but at the airport. Well, and you met his wife, so you We met his like... wife and his daughter. They all rode with, we all rode together and... It was amazing, and wow. it worked out, and we did it. <laughs> you know, um, I, I've done that before. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's been a long time, probably 20 years ago. I am trying to remember the circumstances, but I, I do know that 
the end result is my family was going to travel two or three states away to get to a relative's home. We were going to go up and spend the weekend there. Um, for summer, I don't know if I had to work or what, but we were going, or maybe, you know, it would make most sense that probably on our way back, I would have to go to work. At that time, I was working in television. I worked the night shift. So probably we were, well, and that's what was going to happen. We were going to leave my car at my my place of employment so that, um, well, I don't, so that's what I think. I think we were going to leave it there and that way, just when we came back from our trip, they could drop me off and I would have the car. Mm-hmm. Well, on the front of the end of the trip, I was on my way to the office and my car broke down. Oh. And I was probably, um, well, 20 minutes from there. Okay. My office is by the airport, by the, um, this is when I was in Salt Lake City. So I am not far from the Salt Lake City airport, working at a TV station, and, uh, but my car has broke down 20 miles from there. <laughs> Well, back it, before Uber and all of oh, technology, like barely before. I mean, I barely had a cell phone and and none of this smartphone stuff. Just uh, you know, I could barely text and do like eight fingers at a time. So, um, no. So I, when it quit working, I was in a gas station parking lot. Oh wow! So I think I went inside and told them, and they told me I could leave it there. <laughs> Well, I got that much figured out, but now I still had to figure out how to get down to my office where my family yeah. was going to pick me up. And so exact same, like I'm at the counter, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm saying it out loud or honestly, maybe I just started going up to people in the parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> but somehow I connected with a couple of businessmen who were on their way to the airport. And that that's the key to this is that because my office was close to the airport, these couple of gentlemen, they're dressed in suits. I felt like I, well, I don't know. That doesn't mean anything. But they, We're not saying to go get in the car with strangers <laughs> with these stories, just so you know. They looked like they were nice. Um, anyway, so, I, no, they they said, we're actually headed to the airport. And I, I oh, oh, my gosh, I, I'm, I'm, like, convincing them. My office is right on the way. Please, I need a ride. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they did. And everything worked out. And it was great. I... Actually, it turns so they're not from the Salt Lake area, but uh, one of them had gone to school at the University of Utah, so he oh. was familiar with the area. had had not been back for like thirty years. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I I did that. I climbed into a car and they dropped me off right at my office. And <laughs> it's amazing. It's okay, if you find the good, you if you look for the good, you will find the good in the world. But. Be careful. <laughs> Don't yeah. just get in the car with a stranger. As I'm telling the story and I'm like saying they're dressed in suits, I think how many men are in the news right now? Not yeah. for good reasons. And and they're all men who dress up and wear a suit to work every day. And, yeah. and as I'm telling this, I'm thinking back, I'm like, oh, I really had no idea who I was talking to. <laughs> Luckily, no. good guys. This might be kind of a say what type <laughs> of story because that's a little bit... <laughs> A little bit, maybe, but I do have a funny, moving on, I have a funny say what that I would like to share today. Do you have any say what's that you want to share first? Oh, no, you go ahead. Okay, so I spent many years of my life working in the dental industry, so I kind of still am very intrigued by teeth. (laughs) It's a weird thing, but I'm fascinated by them, so I just found this random statistic, or Random fact, maybe. I like random facts, just random knowledge. So I found this one that said that 
humans have actually been practicing dentistry since about 700 BC. No. <laughs> so that probably makes dentistry one of the oldest careers. Really? That we have. Crazy, huh? Right? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think like in the Bible. Because that's written a long time ago. They talk about, I feel like, masons or bricklayers or, I don't know, you know, they construct houses. But, uh, or adobe huts or whatever it was back then. But they never talk about the dental work that they did. They had teeth, too. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> okay, here's a fun one. Uh, there are some people walking down a street on Long Island. Okay. The other day. And... They notice this piano that's probably been discarded. It's sitting on the side of the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, a man wearing a motorcycle helmet comes up to the piano and begins to play it. That's awesome. Okay. And so, it works. So, oh, it's beautiful. Like, it sounds great. It's in tune. And he he's a good piano player. Right? Okay. So people pull out their cell phones. Okay. It's all over. You can Google this. It's on YouTube. Um yeah, so he, he plays a, a whole little um, verse of a song, and then he turns and begins to talk to someone. I, I don't – so the story is he was on a motorcycle ride. He sees this discarded piano. He gets off. He starts to play it. It is no other than the piano man himself, Billy Joel. Wow. Yeah. That he so, sighed and just stopped. And so he stops. He gets out, <laughs> literally begins to tickle the ivories. And so he he turns to whoever he's with and he's like, it's a perfectly good piano. And he's saying, what a shame it is that it's been discarded. And that That's, it should, at the very least, be donated to St. Vincent de Paul, the thrift store that's down the street. And so... You know, that's amazing. How I love awesome it. is that? That <laughs> the right place at the right time, yeah. kind of. And of all people, <laughs> right. the piano man. That's amazing. Okay, so one more okay. random fact or random thing that I just thought I'd bring up. So, remember last week we talked about how I was growing roses yes. and they're actually yes. working. Well, I recently and you pruned them without and gloves. And I pruned them without gloves. <laughs> So I recently found out, did you know this, that raspberries, apples, and peaches are the same family no. as roses. So maybe I should try some of those. If I can grow roses, can I? Raspberries, apples, and, and peaches. peaches all come from the same family as a rose. So. Well, you live where it's really warm. Yeah. Um, I'm I, really serious. Like maybe I could grow I mean, rose bu Peaches I, not or rose, raspberry bushes aren't very big. You could fit those in in some of your beds. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Keep us posted. Let us know. I might become a gardener. <laughs> There's still hope. I've got years to practice. <laughs> wow, that is random. Yeah, I really liked that one. So you also said last week that growing up, your family was very big into gardening. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things you planted in your garden? I loved to grow sunflowers, mm -hmm. and I loved growing pumpkins. Those were my very favorite things to grow. And actually growing, or as an adult, my son and I have grown sunflowers a few times. Last year, we actually grew a sunflower that grew taller than our roof. Wow. It was amazing. We didn't even know what it was <laughs> until about halfway through the summer. It was kind of an accident that we grew it, but... We grew one that was taller than our house. We were pretty proud of that I sunflower. That you had a plant that you named. Yeah, it had a name. 
my sister told me that it was a weed, so we named the sunflower Whitney. After her. <laughs> After her. <laughs> so, there you go. I remember, well, um, I think one of my favorite things out of the garden is zucchini. And, and that's because I have a really great zucchini recipe, zucchini bread. And... Uh, so selfishly, I love that the neighbors all plant zucchini because they always have too much. And so they gift us with zucchini, but, but really I have a great zucchini bread recipe and, uh, man, you know, like once that comes out of the oven, we, my family can polish off a whole loaf Mm -hmm. in an afternoon. There's something about zucchini bread. And one more thing while we're talking about gardening. So uh, we, as a child, I ate a lot of squash and zucchini and all of that. And I thought they were the grossest things on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting at the table for hours and hours on end because we had to eat all of our food. That was the rule. You couldn't get down until your dinner was gone and things like that. So as an adult, when I'm like, maybe I'll try these things, then I'm a little <laughs> afraid. But I do have to tell you that I have been eating a lot of squash with just a little bit of butter and salt and pepper, and I can't believe how much I've changed. Wow. <laughs> I really, really enjoy like a butternut squash. I feel like I should write a letter to your parents and let them know. That I eat butternut that it squash all by off. choice. Wow. <laughs> well, do you do spaghetti squash? No, not as much. Um, One of I've my favorite things it. as an adult, we didn't do this as kids, but... Um, I heat up a spaghetti squash and then just put the spaghetti sauce right on top. Oh yeah. So it's literally spaghetti. Yeah. But with a vegetable base instead of a pasta yeah, base. Instead of a pasta would be so really good. So my entire dinner, if I if I do that, and I'll eat half. Of, just I still I I don't make the kids do it. I, <laughs> they might think that's a little weird. So they still get their noodles. But my husband and I split the squash. So I eat half of a spaghetti squash in one setting. Yeah, with some sauce. And literally, on it. my only calories are that sauce. It's like I eat my entire dinner for 200 calories that That's day. awesome. So it's good. You'll have to try that. We will definitely have to try that because we eat lots of spaghetti in this house. What are some of those other vegetables that you eat now that were like completely off Asparagus. question as a kid? Yeah. But I like to wrap it in bacon and grill it. Oh. <laughs> I like to make it un, as unhealthy as possible, but mm-hmm. I love asparagus now. Um, do you have any? Yeah, <laughs> I have a good one. Brussels sprouts. I'm still struggling with those. I grew up eating them steamed, mm-hmm. and I don't enjoy steamed vegetables. They're not good steamed. No. I'm just going to say that now. They, <laughs> they're soggy. Yeah. Okay? So the, yeah. the secret with Brussels sprouts is you have to bake them. I believe that. They're and still a little crunchy. Yes. So I actually peel them. I, I cut the, the little base off and I actually peel some of the leaves off. Oh, I didn't even know you could and do that. And then I, I still put the whole head down on a tray and I scatter some of my extra leaves, but I add a little bit of oil, some salt and pepper, and I bake it. Oh. And they come out, the crunchy ones are as crunchy as a potato chip. So it satisfies yeah. that desire for a crunch, but they are good and they are not soggy. I will definitely consider trying that. You should consider. <laughs> and then let me know how it goes. Okay. We're I all will, waiting to I hear. will definitely maybe <laughs> try it before the next time. Don't hold me to it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I have been working a lot lately. Last week we talked about my online class, the quilt that's actually behind us. Mm-hmm. And 
that was a class. It was fun. It's an online class that anybody can take. But now I like to do what I call a stitch along. So I share videos over several weeks and other quilters will stitch along. So I will show them step by step how to quilt something and then they'll on their own time stitch out the same thing and then share it in my Facebook groups. So I've been working a lot this past week getting ready for my new stitch along that's called the nine patch along and it will actually start in September but we've just you know a lot of behind the scenes work goes into it to get it ready sure for everybody. So that's what I've been sewing. So for these stitch alongs, mm -hmm. how can I join? So this one, this nine patch long that we're creating is actually free. So anybody that wants to can join. You obviously need to have some type of a machine that you can quilt on. If you're working on your domestic machine, then you do need to have like the ability to drop your feed dogs and a ruler foot. I do a lot of teaching with machine quilting rulers, which I'm, I'm just going to interject right here and say, they're not the same rulers as like rotary, like rulers that you cut fabric with. You've used those because you've sewn a dress before. So you've seen those. These are a different type I have of a rulers. Picture of it. We talked about that. We should that find last that time. and share it because you I, had a really amazing braid in that picture too. Oh, I did. <laughs> My hair. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, so I. Anybody can join these stitch alongs that wants to. This particular one, like I said, is free if you have a long arm or a sit down machine. And you can go to our website, peaceandquilt.com, to find out all the information. Or we also have a group on Facebook that anybody can join. It's called the Nine Patch Along. So that's what I've been working on. And it's really fun. I found a lot of passion in machine quilting with rulers, you know, the precision you can get from it. And I've found that a lot of beginners and even a lot of it really experienced quilters that have never used rulers before, by using rulers, they can get some really precise work, even on the first or second try, which machine quilting definitely has a learning curve. So it's a fun way to teach people how to get really great results pretty quickly. So that's what we're working on awesome. right now. Awesome. So people can go there to her website for more information. We also want to give a big shout out to Natalia's company, Peace and Quilt, for being a sponsor of this podcast. Peace and Quilt is located online, peaceandquilt.com. And you can go there to get more information with um, all of your sewing needs, quilting needs. She sells um, accessories. All She has created several rulers, but she has scissors and a lot of other little accessories that go along with quilting process. I know you've got some favorite threads that you sell. So we just want to give them a plug and say thank you for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, if you need more help with sewing or quilting, be sure to check her out. She has many tutorials, classes where she can answer all of the questions you may have with your quilting needs. Alrighty, so moving on. Okay. Every week we like to have an interview. I like interviews. Um, inspiring. Last week you interviewed me, so I felt like it would only be fitting for me to interview you this week. Okay. So I'm going to paraphrase this or start out by saying, Krishal has lived a lot of lives. <laughs> Um, that's one way to put it. But before we start that and we get into all the lives she's lived or the life, the amazing life she's lived, we need to kind of discuss the elephant in the room. Your name is not a typical name. That's true. And if you see it written on a piece of paper and you don't know you, 
you're probably going to pronounce or try to pronounce it probably incorrectly. Oh, 95% of the time. In, in so, fact, when can someone you tell says us? it correctly, I, I, I go, oh, you got it right. And I'm kind of like, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, so. so before you get to all of the weird names that you've been called, sure. do you know where your parents came up with your name? I do. Oh, okay, I wish it had it. a cool story. <laughs> there, but... I mean, I could make up a cool story, but <laughs> no, my, my mom taught a little girl in church who had the name. And so oh. she thought that it was very pretty. And she then decided that she wanted to name me Chriselle. And I do not know any other Chriselles with the one exception of a neighbor girl who was named after me. I, I don't know that she was named after me, but in a similar situation because they heard the name, they thought it was pretty. They, and I think it's even her middle name, but um, she's the only other one. But I, real quick, I do have a funny story. When I was at college, I took a marketing class. This was actually a club class. And so I came in at the semester break. My friends had already been in for the first semester. And I joined in at the at the the semester break. So um, the teacher asked those of us who were new to come up and introduce ourselves. Well, my friends, we were the back row kids. So <laughs> they're all up there on the back row and they're kind of making faces at me. And I'm really distracted. I'm staring at them and trying to keep a straight face. The girl right in front of me steps forward and says, my name's Chriselle. And I stop dead in my tracks. All of a sudden, I'm wow. all ears. I think they all freeze. <laughs> well, but listen, it wasn't Chris Shell. It was Chris okay. Shell. And I think even spelled C-H-R-I-S. So Chris Shell. Uh, but you can imagine my head spun so quick. Yeah. Because I thought when it just rolled off the tongue, my name's Chris Shell. But, yeah. But not, but Chris Shell. Okay. So what's the weirdest Name. Oh, oh, well, I've heard them all, uh, but I, I, probably the most common one is Crachel. Okay. Cratchel. Crach. Well, cause, cause, because I get those that actually come off of how it's spelled, but, yeah. then, but then my close friends make nicknames off the nickname, so, or a nickname off the wrong name. So, Cratch, Crach, Scratch, Shell, Shelly, Crackle was very popular in elementary school. I had a red pencil that, well, I, it was like a series of chocolate candy like bars. Like the candy bar. So the Crackle candy bar, yeah. And and actually, if you look closely, Crackle and Crushell are spelled the exact same way, with the exception of that second, well, the in Crackle, the second K and the letter H. Would be. So, yeah. And so a boy walked by and saw that and said, Crackle, Crackle? And the rest is history. <laughs> you were crackle. I was crackle. I changed schools in fifth grade, so it kind of went away, except <laughs> one boy moved oh. from that school to the new school with me. And, we, and and he didn't ever say it, but we were playing dodgeball, which, by the way, I was really good at. So uh, for anyone listening or my husband, who's very athletic, I just want him to know that I there is one sport I'm good at, and that's dodgeball. <laughs> So at least something, I mean, he's like good at everything. He's one. he actually said to me one night, he said, I don't actually know what it's like to not make a team. 
And so he's one of those guys. But but no. So we were playing dodgeball, and all of a sudden, this boy, I still remember his name is Bart, and Bart yells, Hey, Crackle! And every head on the dodgeball court, like, what? <laughs> well, so it carried to the new school, and yeah. That's funny. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions, but... I'm going to start out and read this, and so I'm reading something, I'm going to be looking down, but um, several years ago, Kershaw went through some pretty intense experiences in her life, and her friend wrote this, so I think this kind of sums up a lot of things that were happening. If it's okay with you, I'm going to read this. Okay. So Marcy wrote, I sit at work, missing the familiar voice from the desk next door. Missing my friend, Kershaw. Kershaw is one of the most amazing women I have ever known. And I've known a few. Yesterday marked the last day of her mom's radiation treatment for breast cancer. And today her husband is having a transtibial, did I say that correctly? Yeah. Amputation to help improve his and his family's way of life. Did I also mention that her almost four-year-old daughter is home in a leg brace for four more weeks recovering from hip surgery and her seven-year-old has a gymnastics meet this Saturday. This amazing mom, wife, daughter, and friend has the weight of the world on her shoulders, but she never complains. She always keeps a beautiful smile on her face. Yeah. So I have a few questions. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. <clears throat> you mentioned that you are a divorced widow who has found love again. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us, after going through those types of experiences and such devastation and loss, how do you find it in yourself to find joy and in these moments? I think that... Um... When you hit rock bottom, you realize there's nowhere to go but up. And um, I, I, so when I, when I, and I, I've had three husbands and um, my first husband filed for a divorce. And when he did, I, that, I felt blindsided. It came out of left field and I, I um, quickly realized that if I was going to survive I needed to focus on the positive. So that became my method of coping. I was hurting. I was grieving. I think that many who go through divorce can relate and understand that, that I just wanted to keep my family together. And by no means did we have a perfect marriage. Um, and by no means was either party completely innocent. But I, at the end of the day, did not want to see that family be broken up. And so I begged and I pleaded and I fought with God, with my now ex-husband to keep things together. And I had to go through a lot of learning, learning about myself, a lot of personal growth. But I realized that in order to pull through, the only way I was going to survive was if I focused on the positive. And, and part of the positive is also only focusing on the things that I could control. Yeah. So... Uh, that became a very big lesson. And I, 
I didn't know what was going to happen down the road in my life. I, I think in some ways it was like that was only the beginning. And, and that story that you shared was that was some tough times. But um, I quickly learned that there's good all around us. But if you're focused on the negative, you're going to walk right by it. Yeah, I'm sure you really learned to like appreciate neighbors or friends or different people, just the little moments that can bring joy to your life. We were served a lot during that time. I, um, when my friend Marcy wrote that, nobody knew. We were my family was keeping a secret because, in addition to my daughter who was in a leg brace, my other daughter had just been diagnosed with epilepsy. She was having some grand mal seizures at home, and we were just in a waiting position, waiting to get in to see the doctor. And so we had already had confirmation she'd been having the seizures at home. But until the doctor could see us, I didn't want to say anything publicly. And, and it happened to be that she wrote that in the middle of when that was all happening. Mm -hmm. um, so I... Anyway, I had, I did have my one daughter in a leg brace. My, as you mentioned, my husband was having his leg amputated. And, um, so there was a lot of outward, outward, uh, what's the word, just struggles that our family was going through at that time. And so, you know, I know that everybody has struggles, but for those people in particular who have chronic illness or chronic pain or invisible injuries, um, I know it's hard, mental illness especially, and that's a big mm -hmm. one, easier to hide because it doesn't physically show. In our case, everybody knew there were things going on. There was no way to hide the fact that my daughter was in a brace or that yeah. my husband had just had his leg cut off. So we had many offers for help. And um, I just knew. So one thing that I learned early on is that, and you shared a very humble story with us last week about having the opportunity to serve someone mm -hmm. we could tell that it it visibly struck you and you were emotional about it we all deserve to have an opportunity to serve we receive blessings when we do so and so that's hard to be on the receiving end it's hard to say yes i need help it's hard to accept an offering but the reality is i know that it's also important to accept it because the person giving deserves to have the opportunity to serve. Yeah. So we're in this position where everyone knows we've got a lot of crap going on. <laughs> I just knew you've got to be humble and say thank you and accept it. The, the reality at the time, I was the only one who was completely healthy. And the reality is I couldn't carry my whole family on my shoulders alone. But one of the things that happened that touched me the most was a neighbor lady who wanted to come and help and asked if there was anything we needed. And I said, you know, actually, I need my lawn mowed. And it's not really big, but that would really help. We've, we're going 100 different directions, and it's one more thing for me right now. I, I, I did mow the lawn, but it was one more thing at that time. So she came over. My mother-in-law was in town, but... Um, Anyway, my mother-in-law was not mowing the lawn, and so, uh, but she was around. And when I came home, my mother-in-law said, you know, she came in here. My friend's name is Holly. Holly came in here, and she asked, do you have a pair of scissors that we can borrow, uh, that she could borrow? And 
So my mother-in-law fumbled through the drawer and found them and handed them over. And a little while later, Holly came to return the scissors. And my mother-in-law said to me, did you know she cut the entire trim along the fence with that pair of scissors? Wow. And I've never forgot that. Um, that, that was the extent that someone was willing to go for me to literally get down on her hands and knees with a pair of scissors and cut the entire fence line Yeah, because I couldn't do it on my own at that time. Yeah. It's crazy. And it is, I think you hit on some really important things there that it's hard to accept help, but sometimes <laughs> you have to swallow your own pride and accept help for yourself to grow mm -hmm. and become a better person. I yeah. think that's what hopefully all of us, the majority of us are just striving to be the very best version of ourselves yeah. that we can be. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's hear some lighthearted things. I want to know, because I like to have fun and be mm -hmm. spunky, I want to know three random facts about you. Okay. Go. Okay. Let's hear. <laughs> what are the three most random things about you that nobody out there? So <laughs> I grew up in the mountains of Utah, surrounded by ski resorts. I have never gone snow skiing. Wow. You've never even tried. No. Wow. Okay. No. Uh, I have snow. I have done cross country skiing. Okay. It's a little different. It's different. But I've never. I was I've also raised in the skied. mountains, and I did downhill ski. You did, and I did snowboard, and I did not enjoy them. <laughs> so I won't take you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't take me. <laughs> Next random fact. Next random fact. I really like to go geocaching. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of my secret guilty pleasure and I don't I'm not a big geocacher I haven't the the person who taught me how to geocache was a legitimate geocacher he mm -hmm. had caught for those of you who are not familiar with geocaching there are little treasures hidden in the world all around us literally right out your door there's probably a geocache hiding and all of those people who come and loiter on your corner <laughs> you think that they're loitering but they're actually looking for that geocache that's hiding so that and that's that's kind of sums it up that's the fun of the game is that these things are hidden in plain sight mm -hmm. but without having the proper technology to know where they are you literally would never know these caches exist yeah. So uh, anyway, this this guy who taught me had at the time had found over 15,000 geocaches. Wow. He plans his summer vacations around where he's going to go geocaching. Wow. And uh you know, so anyway, he and his family will go out and they'll find like 10 caches a day, but over the course of a week that means they find 70 geocaches. I've found like 70 in my entire career. So I think it's fun. I, I feel like I know a lot. I feel like I'm a geocaching expert because I was taught by one of the best. And he told me everything. <laughs> but but I, I don't know a lot, but I really do love the game. You know what? You actually told me about geocaching a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And we took our kids and we did go geocaching. And... It's not necessarily our thing. Like we probably, I'll be surprised if we ever do it again, <laughs> but it's really is a cool thing if you've never done it, especially if you just need to get outside yeah. and do something or 
and you don't have to be a child. You yeah. know, there are a lot of adults that do it. Um, but it's kind of like the ultimate treasure hunt. It Even is. the caches, some of them are amazing and some of them are like, oh. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's kind of just the fun. Yeah. It's just getting outside and just being active. It's and it's been a really popular activity. I do know from some of the communities I've followed that it's been really popular during the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. It's a way that people can get out into the great outdoors and kind of do something that takes them away from the crowds. Yeah. But get is... out of the house with a purpose in mind. Have a yeah. place to go, something to do. So And it's free, right? Anybody mm -hmm. you don't have to mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a website that... where you can go create a profile, sign up and and then start caching. That's awesome. Okay, one more. Okay. One Third more random, random fact. fact about me. Gosh, I don't know if I can admit this one publicly, but... Please tell me it's about <laughs> your baby blanket. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, erase that part. What random fact are you going to tell? <laughs> I, because I come from a long line of quilters, when I was born, I received a baby blanket and I can't believe you're making me admit this <laughs> on a podcast. Uh, so I loved my blanket so much that I traveled with it as a child everywhere I went. And naturally, I loved my blanket. I didn't have a name for it. I wasn't a weird kid. But I... Hey, it's not weird. Maybe it's just unalike. <laughs> <laughs> I was unalike many others uh, because every day I got a little bit older, but I still loved my blanket. <laughs> So much so that when I married my first husband, the blanket went with me on my honeymoon. Uh, I was 24 years old, so <laughs> I slept with it for about 24 years. After when I did marry him and 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 moving forward, had someone to share a bed with, I I found I no longer needed it. So it's in the cedar chest now. Okay, so what was the other random fact you were going to tell before I asked about the she baby blanket? She tricked me. She tricked me. Okay. <laughs> I just hope no police officers are watching right now. I have a little bit of a lead foot. So I'm known for, in my family, for getting pulled over often. But I'm very proud of the fact that I... My my pulled over rate to ticket rate, the ratio is like this. Wow. I am really good at getting out of tickets. Very impressive. The last time I was pulled over, I'm pretty sure I was about 18. Oh. So it's probably been 20 plus years. So. I can give you some tips. I'll just keep driving to slow. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Can I just say it's been really weird this year. It's weird for all of us, but I think what's weird for me is, I didn't realize till this happened, I mark a lot of events in my life, uh, milestones around what's going on with the kids in school. Mm -hmm. So when everything shut down in March and all of a sudden spring break didn't happen, mentally, you know, we moved past March and past April and into May and now we're talking about graduation mentally, I'm still back in March because mm -hmm. spring break hasn't happened. Yes. I didn't realize my life revolved so much around that. And then graduations. And I just told you that I didn't mm -hmm. go to our high schools, but, but that was the next thing I missed graduation. So I'm kind of like, well, 
you know, the kids didn't have their end of school parties or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of still waiting for school to end. And obviously (laughs) now we're talking about school restarting. I just want to say I'm really looking forward to it. I think it will help my brain fast forward and accept that we're now in approaching the end of summer. Yeah. Yes, I do have to completely agree with that. And maybe in a way, thank my children for <laughs> instilling some type of a schedule into my life because being, and maybe for me, it wasn't as much because I've always worked from home or for a long time. And now you work from home and realize when there's no strict go to work schedule mm-hmm. or even put the kids on the bus or whatever. It's really weird to feel like like there's no rules or there's no mm-hmm. nowhere to be, no obligations at that moment or no yeah. It's very different. Not that we don't have responsibilities because we still do. We're yes, both working. We still work. But it but it did feel like a lot of responsibilities went away. For a while I wasn't a soccer mom because all yeah. the extracurricular activities were canceled. When all of the restaurants and when you know, when we were all kind of on shutdown, it's like and I know across the country, we weren't leaving houses. Um, it kind of felt like, I think we all talk a lot about it feeling like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to school starting back. In my neighborhood, in my town, they're talking about uh, that they are going to have kids go to school. And we're excited about that. Yes, we're still waiting to hear our plans, but they will be doing some type of school in a few months. It's going, you know, talking about school shopping and different things like that. It's even kind of different this Mm -hmm. year to think about that, but we're trying our hardest to make it as normal for our kids. Obviously it's something that's changed their lives and will forever impact their lives, the things that have happened this year, but they still deserve a childhood. So our focus in my home has been to still try to make our kids have as normal of a life as they can. Yeah. I like that. So, I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for being here with us again today. This concludes episode two of the Unalike podcast. Be sure to check us out on social media, on our individual pages, as well as the Unalike podcast. And leave a comment. Let us know what kind of stories you would like to hear from us. Of course, we're always here to tell the happy stories and to look for the good. We'll see you.